Hello, friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. And we are bringing you a movie we saw in theaters, ladies and gentlemen. Can theaters. you believe it? In real life, three dimensions. I mean, not, you know, it's still a film. We did not go together, but no, you know, we did not some, go together. sometime soon. <laughs> sometime soon. But we had... Uh, yeah, this was my first time back in a movie theater since February of 2020 when we went to go see Birds of Prey. <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this was absolutely wild um, to go to the movies like this. And, uh, yeah, my theater was packed. It was a Friday night. Um, you saw oh, wow. it today, Saturday. Yeah. Was it we jammed? Went, no. <laughs> no? Saturday at, at noon? No. It was It was pretty empty. We went to Deer Park. Um, cause I was like, I don't know where to go. So it, you know, they've got an IMAX theater now. It, it was good. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was fairly empty, but that's also kind of what we were looking for. We didn't want to go when it was packed. No, for sure. Did you, uh, get snacks? Had popcorn, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but they, they did not require masks, which I was surprised at. I guess we're past that point now. I don't know. No, yeah, my theater, there wasn't even anybody wearing masks. It was, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my theater, they sold beer now. Does the theater at Deer Park sell beer? I don't think so, no. That's that's still kind of like your standard regal. Like, nothing's changed. It's like a it's like a, a snapshot in time. It's the same fucking arcade games there since we were going there when we were kids. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Rough. <laughs> um. It, which is fine. I mean, like, I think the IMAX is new. Like, that must have been put in a few years ago. But I haven't gone to the Huntington Theater, which is or the East Northport Huntington Square Theater. That's like where they have dine in. I'm sure they serve beer. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I but, would go there. I think you should go there. Yeah. Go there next time. Maybe we were just looking um, for an early showing, and Deer Park had it. So fair enough. Okay, Megan came with you. Megan did go with me. Um, Very nice. Yeah. Did Shana go with you? No, Shana is on a bachelorette party. She's having oh. a great old time. Um, so you went okay. by yourself? No, I went with oh. uh, my friend Chris. I went with one of the other. He's one of the other husbands of one of the wives on the trip. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. Back for my first Marvel movie, you know, I was glad it was like packed on a Friday. Like, I think that was kind of like optimum. I got to say, crowd not as into it as yeah. I had imagined. Okay. I thought people were going to be hooting and hollering. What about you? Again, like, <laughs> there's like 10 Same. people in the theater, so uh, no. It it was very quiet. But that's also, I don't know. I kind of was okay with it because, like, I was, like, emotional. Like, I like the, the credits that obviously we've been hearing in front of all the Disney Plus shows, like, plays and something about having it at home it's like okay this is exciting new episode this week awesome but i was like oh my god this is a thing like we're back we haven't seen this on the big screen in so long like so i was yes. kind of okay with it being more of a like somber like come back to it uh but yeah i mean it's it's also like i don't know there's just something about this movie in particular that has like it like it should have been in existence like long before the pandemic and the pandemic like pushed it out like further down the line 
And you know, it's not your like Avengers level movie where like people would would be like freaking out. I don't know. I could see there being like a movie that comes out like ten years ago, ten years from now, saying like uh, how this movie was in development hell and like it was a hard time to get through, um, and that maybe they wanted this to come out, you know, earlier, but they couldn't do that. And this is kind of how we did it. But, uh, you know, I understand uh, Scarlett Johansson is getting older. She's just been revealed she's pregnant. You know, she's kind of moving on to the next phase of her life. Yeah. I kind of get cashing out, doing an executive producer credit on this movie, making a whole bunch of money, and then just moving on into the sunset. Like, that's... I get that. Yeah. And, you know, like, I was, as we were going in before we had seen it, I was like thinking like maybe it would make sense if like if this movie actually came out after civil war like if we took a detour and experienced this um i think obviously this movie is made with the hindsight of of endgame and there's a lot sure. of uh i don't want you know don't want to do too too much spoiler stuff before we get into it but like it, it's in the context of endgame and so like it, it it would be a it would have been a different film if it, it came out in in 2017 or something like that um so yeah i, I don't know like why the, it took them so long to make a black widow, widow movie i don't know but clearly but when they announced it to start phase 4 everyone was very very excited and um i think it's also like this this would have really kicked off phase 4 right like before any of the shows and now we've had three marvel shows um, and, uh, you know, like we're already in it and we're like looking forward to the next thing. And it's kind of, it's because it's a prequel. I feel like you have to be like, okay, let's just take a, a little detour now, you know? Sure. It, it feels very, you know, it feels very send offy. So like, I'll give yeah. it that, um, without going into any other spoilers, I think this movie is okay, it's kind of fitting in with what Phase 4 has been doing, which has been doubling down on like the character development and the enrichment, seeing yep. some of the characters out, seeing some of the new characters step forward, um, you know, and, and that's what you're going to get here, you know, so it, the new threat, the new big bad isn't really being totally revealed yet. There's stuff being set up, but you'll be fine to... Wait, there's one post credit scene. It is all the way at the entire end of the movie. The very, very end. So be prepared to sit. Um, other than that, yeah, Frank, what do you think before we get into spoilers? I, I thought it was it was good, sort sort of great. Like, um, I think it was a, a fun ride. It moved pretty quickly. It had beats to breathe, which was good, um, but didn't feel overly long. Um, and like for a movie. It, it's so weird to have a movie that like we've been tracking for this long, right? Like the first trailers were like two years ago. Um, and yeah. so it's like, we've been speculating about it for a long time that it's just kind of like, we just got to wait and see what happens. So um, I, I think ultimately because of that, you know, maybe our expectations kind of rise way higher or lower and i was just going in to have a good time and so i i enjoyed it i thought it was a fun ride um scarlet once again is amazing as the character can't see anyone else as her and it's going to be sad to 
to have the MCU without her. Um, I'm there with you, man. That was beautifully said. Uh, so bringing it into spoiler territory, um, we're going to start, I guess, with the good old plot game, which is where we try to sum up the plot of this movie in as few words as possible. Um, Frank, do you want to play? Sure. All right. Take a crack at it, my friend. Natasha is on the run after the events of Civil War. She receives a package from her long-lost sister and decides that they have to take down the Red Room. Ooh, good job. Good what job. Else? What else you got? <laughs> no, uh... I would say, you could say Black Widow, you know, wipes out the red in her ledger. Uh, you could say um, <laughs> Black Widow goes home again. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, the plot is not the most important part of this movie. Nope. Like, that's something that I think we've never really had in a Marvel movie where, the plot and the action was less important than the dialogue and kind of the torch being passed and Scarlet kind of un un unraveling, you know, her her past. Um, and I did feel that this movie just was very dramatic. It was very uh, heavy on um, dialogue and exposition. It wasn't really very much showing a lot of what was going on think this movie could have used some more flashbacks in a couple of key scenes yeah um and that kind of as the movie you watch it together with the different scenes like especially the scene with the whole family back together at the end um it feels kind of like a play that it's these characters they have to kind of relate in this way and we're not worried about the outside world or where they've done or the battles they fought it's really about their relationships together. Yeah, I feel that because, like, in a play, you're introduced to all the characters at the beginning. Like, the, everything you learn, like, I'm, <laughs> there aren't many sequels in plays, you know? <laughs> like, right. It, it's like, this is it. And so we're introduced to so many characters. Obviously, we know the main character and have known her for so long. But, like, truly, we don't know all that much about her backstory. Like, we've gotten no. seeds of it here and there and have hints. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the way that they set the movie up. I, I, I agree with you that more flashbacks would have been nice. Um, but I guess I, I wouldn't have, wouldn't want to sacrifice like spreading out the flashback we had over the course of the movie. I think the way they did it was good, but maybe having some more time and, and like, I guess you have like the reminiscing when they, they get together and they look at the photos and they talk, they talk about the, the past a lot, but they don't show it as much. Right. It's not as, I would have thought that they would have done a little bit more de-aging a little bit more fleshing out, you know, her with the bangs, like just like going over, mm -hmm you know, kind of some of the big plot points of being in the Red Room, you know, sure. maybe doing an establishing shot with this character we've never seen before, you know, with some of that imagery. Um, That's a maybe... great point, because, like, thinking about, like, Age of Ultron, right, which we yeah. watched kind of recently, 
they have some of her memories from the Red Room. And I think what we always imagined if a Black Widow movie would happen was would be fleshing that part out, right? Definitely. Which is not necessarily what we got here. No. <laughs> you know, um, I think the MCU has a kind of a love affair with the 90s that it's gonna, it may not be able to break out of for a couple of years, uh-huh. which is going to be okay. But I think that, um, you know, at a certain point, you know, this technology that was discussed about, like, the cognition and, like, mind control, like, I think that was a very interesting topic to not really flesh out completely. And it just felt like this was, it's one of the, it's made one of the first Marvel movies where the plot just is, it's, 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 whose line is it anyway? You know, the points don't matter. Well, and, and I think the reason why, like, we've had prequels before, right? Like, we've had, um, even not even in the MCU, but, like, this prequel, it, it's a sidequel. It's not even a prequel. It's like, we know what, like, kind of what happened before. We know what happens next. And we're just trying to tell this very specific story not even a story like we're tell we're trying to flesh out these characters and give you more history of, of why the character is the way she is and kind of like what motivates her to be a hero um that's that's true and then if you look at it like she's wearing all the clothing that she's wearing at the end of this movie you know during infinity war yep I, and i think they they made a very specific point of like passing that vest on from Yelena Absolutely, to, to yes. Natasha, and it's like, oh, I, I, I have to look back at it. I'm sure that's intentional, and that's what she's wearing in Infinity War. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's... Um, I, I do wish there was more kind of in the in the in-between. Like, we see her young, but we don't see her kind of becoming the spy that she was, which is interesting. We And, and I wonder if that's like... Is it because Marvel didn't want to show like Natasha as a bad guy? That's that's probably true. You know, I think this movie was definitely very PG thirteen. You know, it didn't feel um, it didn't feel super kid friendly. Uh, And I think you know you could have something to that end, but yeah, man, it, it it this movie is. It's it's tonally weird too because it's like it's kind of dark like uh, Civil War, but it's also like it doesn't have the quippiness that lightens up Civil War, you know. Well, uh, uh, well, the well the ba- the banter between Florence Pugh and the chemistry between Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson is very good. Yeah, and and, and David Harbor is purely there for comic relief, <laughs> like. Right, like, which is which is important because in a in a female led action movie where she's fighting mostly female uh, uh, characters and like it, it's very much like he's there along for the ride. He's not there, like he's a super soldier. <laughs> he's not there because they need him, even though like he is a super soldier. He's there because reasons and because family. AKA, you know, Dom. <laughs> You've been seeing all the memes yeah, of oh Vin Diesel. Gosh, oh my the memes God. have been incredible. Family. 
Um, yeah, I liked this. I liked the setup that they were like, despite the '90s obsession, I thought it was cool that they were like a family plant, like a la the Americans, you know. Yeah, yeah. Living in you know the U.S. doing spy shit. But that also had to be very hard. I, you know, I can't really imagine the kind of trauma of, like, you think you're living this life in America only to understand that, like, no, you're you're just a, you're just a pawn. Right, which is, like, crazy because, I mean, going into the movie or, like, years now, like, as we've seen the trailers and stuff, I'm just like, how are they a family? It's, it's like they're not. They're not really a family. And, but, like, the girls were still really young and, you know, for, for Yelena, it's like, it, it probably felt really real because she didn't know anything else. And for Natasha, you're kind of like, you understand why she's a little moody and kind of brutal. Cause she, she was back. She was in Russia for a while or the Soviet union and kind of went back to, to Ohio. And it's like, that's her life now. And like I was saying this to Megan, I was like, "Is that the reason why she doesn't have an accent? Because she spent like her formative years in America, <laughs> whereas like her younger sister goes back to the Soviet Union and, and grows up to have an accent." <laughs> oh my god, the accents in this movie were very weird. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think she's you know she's doing the best she can. I think she's you know, I I liked her accent. I liked it. Yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm not I thought it's it. believable. It like, as, she's a good actress. I liked her in the movies I've seen her in. Yeah, I'm like not her. against it at all. I just I think it's curious that the younger sibling ha- has an accent and the older one doesn't. Well, she's a child killer. She's a child assassin. Right. And I guess how much of that is like Natasha could throw it on if she wants to or like she just keeps it off. Like, I don't know. We've never see- heard her with an accent. So I guess that's why they just kept it this way. Silly, silly, silly. Um, okay, so let's talk about the bad guy in this movie. Um, Dragov. Um, You know, he needed some extra scenes, like we had said. I think another flashback scene cutting back to him would have fleshed him out some more. But I thought he had a kind of a cool, yucky superpower, which was that he's got this, like, pheromone that he gives out that all of the widows, like, they can't fuck with him because of the way that he smells. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, but, like, and it's just so funny how, like, Rachel Weisz just, like, explains it away. It's like, it's science. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about um, it. It's yeah. totally cool. Um, I don't know. Like, he he was definitely, like, that evil guy, like, and we've been hearing about Drakov's daughter, at least, and we know kind of like the the history of like a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, to see maybe more about, I don't know, I'm torn about it because like to see how he more about how he's like kind of an evil bad guy or the things that he's done would be important. But like that would only make him more mustache twirly where like the things that he's doing is really horrible. And like you can see it. Like he's controlling all of these women and like now he's using like technology and chemicals to change their, their, their brains. And yeah, it, it's pretty fucked it, up. It, it's really fucked up. And so like, you don't doubt that he's a really horrible person and like 
that like exposition scene between him and Natasha in his office and like like she's like questioning him and trying to get like answers out of him like yeah how much power does he really have is kind of an interesting point but like yeah like what he's just like hiding in this 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 grand tower in in the sky and uh like when was the last time you talked to a real human being like it's a great point it's like you're kind of in the shadows and no one even knows you exist pretty much right and he, everyone thinks he's dead too that's like amazing superpower you know like that he survived hydra and everybody else like he's still floating out there right acting bad Meanwhile, like <laughs> the thing that like gets me is like all of this happens, and then like six months later, the snap happens, right? <laughs> yes. So, so like, would he have made it? I don't know. What would have happened to the widow program? Like, it's it feels like a really huge global threat, right, at the time, but ultimately, in this in the grand scheme of things, like if they didn't take care of this, like yeah, it probably would have fallen apart anyway. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Mm. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Uh, So, you know, just to kind of skip around here, because I think this is kind of in line with the bad guy. So they've been advertising that the main, one of the other villains from, like, the comics we may know is a guy called Taskmaster. Mm -hmm. Ultimately his power is that he can kind of replicate anybody's fighting style that like we're aware of. Like he's has a, a shield like Captain America. He's got black widow claws. He can fight like Hawkeye. Um, you know, he's got kind of a whole different kind of way of defeating people. Um, and I think that the first couple of fights, especially the chase sequences are quite memorable. Um, what did you think of the actualization of the taskmaster? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, t- the first time that she has to fight Taskmaster on the bridge, it's like, you know, she doesn't know who's sending them. And like, she th- she's assuming it's Ross. Um, uh, but like, very formidable, obviously, like knocks her off the uh, off the bridge into the water. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the action's really good, but... To me, I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like, even throughout the trailers, it's like, okay, who is this character? Like, who's behind the mask? And um, you kind of like, as the movie's going along, to me, I feel like there were a few candidates of who it could be. And ultimately, um, it's not necessarily like super obvious, but it's also like not incredibly unexpected. Right. It's... This felt a little Iron uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, to me. Um, But, you know, it also felt earned very much more than that movie did. Uh, Where, like, this girl, like, her motivation is just to kill. She can't control anything. She has no motivation. Um, She can can only just do what the drugs do. Yeah. So I kind of liked her actualization, but I I don't know. I could have used a little bit more personality out of it. You know what I mean? Like had it like she quipped at all or like said some cool things in like a robotic kind of voice, like as they yeah. were battling, I think could have added to the mystique and, and maybe made it a little bit more fun. 
because the scene when they shoot the cannon at the car, like that that scene got like a big jump scare in my theater. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. And and when it sends the car down into the like the subway. Yes. Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> like th- some of the action, it's just so funny because I feel like everything is quiet, and then all of us in like these small towns or whatever, wherever they are. And then they end up in these cities and, and it's just like, everything just starts blowing up. Like it, it escalates very fast, um, which is fine and kind of in line with, with what happens in the MCU. But um, it's just funny to, because like we're in the aftermath of, of like Sokovia and, and everything in civil war. And we're and like, Nope, shit's still falling apart everywhere they go. Um, totally. And, um, so here's where we go to the James Bond section of the podcast. Oh um, yes, I was. I'm, I'm. I'm sorry, I forgot to write this down. Um, so, first of all, if Black Widow wasn't delayed from 2020 to 2021, we never would have gone on the journey of watching all the Bond movies. So the Moonraker reference would have gone right over my head. Uh, <laughs> but that was that was a fun beat, um, and then. Two other things. One, the actress that plays Taskmaster, the adult, um, I don't know, the, the Drakov's daughter, I don't know her first name, um, was was one of the Bond girls. I, I In the new movie? No, nah, I think she's, uh, maybe she's Quantum of Solace. Um, oh. Kurylenko, I think her name is, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Quantum of Solace. So that's that's neat. But so Taskmaster is the physical antagonist who Drakov <laughs> the villain. <laughs> and so like as much as uh it would have been really nice for for her to be like Jaws level. <laughs> yeah. She's not quite Jaws level. And um maybe maybe there's more for her to come in the future. I don't know, but not as a villain, obviously. No, that that's true. Maybe she can come back. We'll see. Um, so just to talk a little bit about this movie. So just in the grand scheme of things, this movie takes place, kind of picks up right after civil war and ends with, uh, you know, widow going off to join, uh, Steve and Falcon. This is the Quinjet. They take to Wakanda. Um, you know, that's kind of where the continuity ends. And then you go to the end of the scheme, the end of the, credits and then you have the post credit scene we can we're going to talk about that in a little bit but you know do you think that they're intending for people to watch this movie in between civil war and infinity war for perpetuity you or- know that 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 was kind of what i was saying before how going in i thought it would be that but i feel like this movie is really in in the context of endgame and it would be hard to like if you had, I, I guess, like if you had never seen any MCU movie, to watch it in between Civil War and Infinity War makes zero sense. Right. Um, it has to be a flashback later on, but it, if it's like if you want to revisit it after the events and kind of, I, maybe one day I'll do it this way because I, I rewatch these movies all the time. Like watch Civil War, watch Black Widow, watch Infinity War. Why not? Like that could be a fun little journey to see how everything clicks but are there any other movies you or or plots that you think could take place in between the current continuity you'd like to see 
so the current existing MCU continuity, any other side tangents of yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. someone was up to? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is like, there are so many characters. <laughs> like I, I, I do think it, there could be some, I, I obviously, I mean, one ob- obvious answer is what was Steve doing during this time? Sure. That's right? a good one. That's, that's a simple, easy little hanging fruit. Um, I feel like we always know what Bucky's up to. There's always a post credit scene with Bucky. Um, they want us to know where the winter soldier is at any <laughs> given time. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Hawkeye is another one that, that, but Hawkeye I think is a we're, good answer, but I think we're also going to get some of that. Uh, or at least maybe. Hey, hold on, hold on to that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so moving on, you know, this, you are right. This movie did have Avengers references plus plus. Like it was on a new level of MCU discussion what did you I, think well i i specifically put plus minus because while i'm appreciative of, of it as an mcu fan and i i really enjoy the connectedness sometimes it just felt a little bit much like how I many times how many times can they say oh you know your avengers buddies or oh this or that i would have at least liked to have at one moment Scar- uh, natasha to be like all right, I get it. Enough. You know, like I, I just felt like it was over the top sometimes. Like, you know, we get David Harbour coming in as like, oh, yeah, me and Captain America did this and that. And it's just like I would have liked her to have put him in his place there for a second because it's like, you know, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I appreciate for the connectedness and and the context, obviously. But like the other thing. If this is her other family, if the Avengers are her other family and they just had this massive breakup, <laughs> like I just kind of feel like they're all just pushing her buttons a little too much, you know? I agree with you. Like don't, don't just like let that go for a little bit. Like just she's she's like got stuff to deal with. Like you don't need to be like, "Oh, your your other family is mad at you." <laughs> oh my god. Um speaking of family, uh Rachel Vice yeah. Um, I was very excited for her. I felt very sad that it wasn't so much. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. You know, so this is kind of, she was one that I, I kind of was wondering if she was going to be taskmaster. Mm. And like in hindsight, maybe would have been better for her to, because like, and I think they, they kind of set that up too, right? Like she gets shot at the beginning. You don't know what happens to her. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot for her to do. And then you have her like seemingly give them up, but she's still on their side. And so I don't know. She, she's definitely a weird character. I, I don't know if they really fleshed her out as much as they probably could have. And, and yeah. she's such a fun actress that, like, I, you know, I, I wish they did more. Me too. I was feeling just like, oh, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more. Yeah. I thought, like, it would have been fun to learn a little bit more about the stuff that she taught to Natasha. It, you know, seeing a little bit more of a flashback with her and uh, Droke, bad guy, the, Dr- whoever, Dragov. Yeah. Um, just, you know, 
I don't know. Just maybe a little, just a little bit more. Um, in terms of the other family members, you want to talk about Red Guardian? <laughs> yes, please. Um, so Red Guardian is like a classic comic character that is like the communist Russian version of Captain America. Uh, and this time around, he's played by David Harbour. Uh, and I think he's kind of the highlight of the movie, to be totally honest. <laughs> he's so good. Um, he's he's great. I'm, I'm glad to have him in the MCU. What did you think? I think he's fantastic. Um, I think maybe some of his jokes were given away in some of the trailers. Uh, but nonetheless, like like I was saying before, he's he's comic relief. He's a super soldier, but like, but like, what does he really do? Right? Like, he's not. It's not like you're throwing him out on the front lines to to fight all these women or whatever. Like, he's just kind of a a punching bag, which is kind of great because you you don't want him to steal the spotlight. Um, and I, I think it, it, from a from a an action stand standpoint, I think the uh the prison break sequence is fantastic. I think it's he's just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> We're leaving now and he's like, How do I get out of here? And all this insanity. Um he, That's a that's a highlight scene. That and the tank scene. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll see more of him. That'll be cool, but um makes me want more stranger things. <laughs> oh my god, I miss him. I miss him so much. Yeah. Um so kind of Closing out here, I guess. Uh, so saying bye to Scarlet Witch, saying not Scarlet Witch, saying bye to Scarlett Johansson, uh, Natasha Romanoff, the original Black Widow in the MCU. Um, yeah, it, it's it's sad to see her go. I, I think she was a huge. She's the mom of the group. Mm. Um, she is in many ways, you know, a. I don't know if, if I guess she's like the cunning spirit of the Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like a very human emotional aspect of the Avengers. Yep. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Final thoughts on Scarlett I mean, Johansson. It, it was really, I was getting emotional. Like it towards once I knew, like I was like, this might be one of the last scenes with her in it. I was like, this might be the last time we see her. And, um, yeah, it, it it's sad because because we know what happens next. Um, but you know, obviously the the real emotional send off is in Endgame. Um, but I think you know, she she does a great job in this in this movie from an action standpoint, emotional standpoint. Like this movie is is long deserved. Like it should have happened a long time ago. Um they you know when they, they cast her back for Iron Man 2, they should have realized, oh, we should make this this character, give this character a movie of her own. Um, they did right by her, finally, but, like... And, and you know what? I, I don't think it's, like, too late for it. I think it's still... It enriches the character and, and the entire MCU that we've watched with her in it. So, like, I'm glad to have this film. Um, but, yeah, it is definitely you sad. See, I agree with you. Sad to see her go. Um and uh, but I, I do think it's a great send off. And I think a lot of the way like she interacts with the characters towards the end of the movie, like, you know, they 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 give closure, which is good. For sure. And it definitely. You know, I think in a lot of these other movies, you know, you're looking for a love story, you're looking for some other kind of connection or growth. 
you know, I think this movie really resolves like kind of the questions of like, you know, this was her, this was the stuff she had to deal with. This is the, the debts she had to pay. She had to deal with, you know, what happened in Budapest, which I got to say that was kind of one of the biggest disappointments of the movie to me. I, I think that, you know, we had heard that it was this crazy thing that they destroyed half the city. And then the only flashback scene that they show is just them killing this kid in a big building. Yeah. Um, I think that <laughs> think, should have been think, fleshed out a little bit more. Thinking that they killed the daughter and Drakov, and actually they didn't do either. <laughs> and they they spent a week hiding out in the subway. Like, again, that's another reason why, like, movies are hard. It's like, yeah, yes. you'd have Jeremy Renner there in a flashback sequence. Like, why didn't they? That was, like, that's another, like, missed opportunity to me. Like, their connection throughout the entire MCU, like, having him here might have been really great. And another one, probably Steve Rogers, but like, it's not a comic book. These guys cost a lot of money. Um, I think it just should have been Jeremy Renner and and Samuel L. Jackson. uh, That would have been good. That would have been really good. But, but yeah, yeah. Budapest, (laughs) when you're talking about it in, in Avengers one and it's like, Oh, if this is kind of what she's thinking about like no <laughs> nowhere close no wonder why he says like we remember it very differently um yeah a little disappointing but it's kind of good at least to know where they were coming from now and like having a little bit of history there that that's good. totally i don't know um all right what else do we got do we go on to the, the post credit scene let's do it baby all right, so you've all watched the credits. And uh, we go and we see Yelena go um, to Natasha's grave, um, which I feel like is very specifically a um, an apology <laughs> to the fans. for right. uh, Because a lot of people complain that Tony Stark got this big funeral in Endgame and... Natasha got nothing. Um, so I feel like they did this for a reason. Um, I think it's a really nice scene, you know, knowing the context of, of their history together now um, from when they were, were kids is great. Um, oh, and the last thing I'll say before passing it over to you, um, before, the, before the end of the movie, Natasha hands her like the, the vial and, and the data disc to kind of like a passing of the torch to Yelena, which, which I think we can kind of talk about next. But so like we kind of know that they had a little bit of closure and like Natasha has put the Black Widow program to rest and then moves on to everything that happens in Infinity War and Endgame. And here, uh, Obviously, we see somebody else show up <laughs> at the grave. Um, I knew this was happening. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was heavily forecasted, but here she is. Julia Louis Dreyfus reprises her role as Madame Hydra. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, what a time to be alive. You know, um, it definitely felt more of a grand entrance with this. Uh, post-credit scene um but a lot of information lots of information i'm you know and there's like rumors on whether like this 
would have happened first before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yada, yada. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of torn which would have been the better inter- introduction because I feel like the other one, we get more of like who she is. And here it's like, okay, this is Nick Fury rec- recruiting his Avengers, right? Like she's, <laughs> she's assembling her team. Absolutely. And it, you know, she comes up, she's wearing the same cool purple hair. Um, and yeah, so it seems like Yelena is already working for her. It seems like she is already working for her. That is right. Um, and what that means, we don't know. We don't know um, when this occurs. Like, is it post the events of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Maybe not. Um, maybe she goes and recruits John Walker next. I don't know. Uh, what does it all mean, Basil? Well, it's two different things. It's, it could either be the, uh, the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Um, which are kind of mercenary bad guy anti-hero Avengers um, that are seem to be being set up. Um, you got U.S. Agent, and now we have the next level of uh, Black Widow over here. Right, and, and you know, and I think having these kind of characters in the gray is fine, except her next mission is is to kill Hawkeye, <laughs> <laughs> which like. Yeah, technically, I guess he killed Natasha, but you're kind of omitting some of the very important information. <laughs> and right. Like, so do you think this is like going to be like a bigger plot or is she is, is Yelena going to show up in the Hawkeye show? Yelena is coming to the Hawkeye show. OK. Done. Which is fine. That's that's great. I'm sure they'll go to blows and everything and then everything will get straightened out and maybe then we'll see her start to question what Valentina Contessa Allegra de Fontaine, whatever her name is, is really up to. (laughs) Did I get it right? Actually, I thought I I had it out of order. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, all in all, I think, you know, for the first MCU movie to get back in the theaters, I don't know if I think this is the strongest MCU movie, but... I think it does give her the right, you know, goodbye and that we get to kind of understand her character a little bit more and grow with her. I think it's still a fun watch. Not my favorite, but, you know, I, I'm interested to see if they'll take a different, a similar approach with other new movies that will be coming out. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was a fun experience. I'm glad I went in the theater and didn't watch it at home. Um and, you know, I, I saw trailers for Eternals and Shang-Chi. Uh, oddly, they threw the trailer of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, at the end of the movie. Did you have that, too? No. Yeah, it was weird. Like, we're like, why aren't the lights coming up? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, like, it started playing. I'm like, all right. That's um, cool. And um, we know Spider-Man... No Way Home is this year, too, and a bunch of more uh, shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like they're they're setting up Florence Pugh to set uh, to take over the role of Black Widow um, in some form, whether it's in the Thunderbolts or if they're going to do a show or if they're going to do a movie. Um, wh- whether or not she'll actually be an Avenger, we don't know yet, but... She's definitely take like the torch has been passed, 
And I kind of feel like they even maybe set up a sequel. Definitely. Definitely. Because now you have a whole supporting cast of characters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. This was a fun episode to do. Welcome back. If you're also watching Loki, check out uh, our whole you know podcast. We've been covering uh, Loki as well as the other Marvel TV shows. Uh, Frank, can you tell the people where to find us? Absolutely. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, please leave us a rating and review there. That would be fantastic. Um, you can find us on our website at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. And you can find us on the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. I'm Frank. I'm AJ. And thank you very much, everyone. We will be back with the finale of Loki season one, episode six. We can't wait to see what happens. Hi. Hey.